Dude, what's up? Good to see ya. Good, dude. I gotta get this dab. You better hurry up, man. I'm timing down right now. <laughs> this is like... If you're listening to this podcast, it's time for you to f- torch up. <laughs> We're moving fast today. We're moving fast. We're coming straight and hot, everybody. I'm timing down. I've got seven oh. seconds left here. I've got some Z-Chem live rosin. Oh, my from, goodness. From uh, Boys Up at Mag Farms in Michigan. Um, Shout out. Here we go. Chauffeur. Oh, there he goes. Wow. Right in it, dude. Not even a minute in, dude. Hell yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh. This, is a, this is a big one, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that stuff is excellent. All Egg right. salad. Ooh, look at you go. Yeah, dude, Fields is good. I feel like Fields, it's like, it's like great, you know, just right down the middle. <coughs> it's nothing too crazy, but it's never, <laughs> it's never low quality, you know? That's how I feel about Fields. Oh my God. There's THC in my dab. Uh, there's definitely THC in my dab. I try to go, when I go into the stores, I try to ask for decaf. And they don't understand what I'm saying. They gave you the full. Yeah, they gave me full strength. It's really it's really frustrating. You know, it's actually crazy, dude. And um, there's a THC <laughs> limit in Mississippi. Limit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 60%. So we can't make dabs wow. or concentrates that are above 60%. Wow. Yeah, it really sucks. So we're trying to figure out like what we can make. And so what do you think of this? What do you think of this? This is my idea. Um, okay. What if we just did, it was literally like basically crystalline THCA. I bet I mean like formed crystals for, you know, like diamonds. Yeah. Um, and then you just harden them off. I mean, obviously, there's other stuff in there too, but so crystalline diamonds, and the, and then you actually you remember like kind of the rocks and sauce, how popular that used to be a couple years ago. You just uh, it's like let's just do that, but it's literally like fifty percent terpene. So it's just, you know, it's like fifty five percent terp. It's just really terpy sauce, basically. Yeah, it really is like sauce and rocks. It's just mostly sauce. Okay. Like half sauce. I'm with what it. else are you gonna do? You know, yeah. Um, should we? Uh, ready to watch this? Um, oh yeah, this dude! I got clip? you. I got you right off with a two head here. I okay. just want to show you this. You wanted I to want come to in hot with a two head clip. I wanted today. to come right in hot with a two head clip for you. All right, let's see. Let's get into it. You can give me nothing. Why does why does she owe you twenty dollars? Twenty dollar bill. I gave her a twenty dollar bill. For what? For anything. I don't care. Whatever it's for, but she can give me my money back if she ain't gonna do nothing with it. Okay, were well, you planning to buy some drugs yes, or I something? Was. What kind of drugs were you wanting to buy? Rock. Rock. Yes, I was. You gave her twenty dollars to I buy. I gave her twenty dollars. She gave me some plaster. And now you want your twenty dollars back yes, because she didn't supply you with crack cocaine. Well, she, if she shouldn't give me nothing, no plastic. She should have said no. What's going on? She come around here a while ago. There used to be some people right over there that used to sell. Yeah. We were sitting out here on the porch in some chairs. So she said, "Y'all have anything to buy?" I said, "No, baby, we don't have nothing to sell." So she left one around the corner. Mm-hmm. Then she come back ten minutes later, holler, "Give me my money back!" I said, "No, you ain't bought nothing from here. Don't disrespect my child. This is my child. Mm-hmm. I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute." 
there are so many twists and turns in that. And that's an old that's an old cops episode too. Hell yeah. Dude. Don't, don't disrespect Holy my child. I love the I love the caption. We need honesty like this in the world. There is so much honesty in this video. Oh my god. Don't disrespect my child. I'm a prostitute. Holy shit, dude. That is crazy. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. I thought you'd like that. Wow. Yeah. Also, dude. yeah, imagine how mad you'd be if you're a crack addict. And you spend, <laughs> it's like 20 bucks is probably. Dude. Had you 20, get a bag of plaster? You know, dude. Had to, probably, had to probably do some shit for that $20. 100%. You know what I'm, yeah. Put in some, like, had to, you know. And then fucking just gets plaster. Also, how do you not tell? <laughs> I feel like I feel like if I got a bag of drywall, it, like they would, you'd have to, it'd have to be in an exchange where like you weren't allowed to look at it. Oh, dude, that all. would be so. Trying to just smoke sheetrock. You're like, Wait oh a my second. gosh, dude, that sounds bad. What a bad place, you know? It's wow. Too bad. All right. Anyways, that was uh, that was wild. How have you been? I know you um uh, <laughs> I, I know you haven't bought any plaster lately. Yeah, um, uh I've been I've been sheetrock free for a while. Um but uh no dude, I've been doing good. Uh, something something pretty exciting for me. Um you know, I I told you and I talk to you often. Yeah, you, you finally lost your opportunity, me. right? I know you you call me sometimes and you're like, What are you doing? And I'm on my way to uh I'm on my way to play uh, music with my friends um and i've been doing that with my friends brian and rich for about six or seven months now and we finally got to play like our first kind of like like semi like show like we played a little bit a couple of songs and then we played in between some of the comedians at, at one of the comedy shows the other night at the blue lagoon oh, so sweet and it was really fun yeah, I mean that's it's actually so awesome because obviously I've known you for a long time and bass is like a new thing for you. You haven't played bass the whole time I've known you. It's something you picked up over the last few years. Uh, you took lessons cool. with our with one of our dear friends, John, um, mm-hmm. uh, and then to see you basically take that all the way to where you're performing with people at a house band and a bar is pretty hilarious it also is like such a um grandpa richard move i feel like <laughs> this is like you guys this is like the start of your band that he played in for like 250 years you know that's then, funny yeah i mean uh i did go one time and like uh i jammed with my grandpa and his band which was like really early on when i was still like learning from john so i had no idea what i was I still don't have any idea what I'm doing, but uh, I feel like it was it was cool to you know we put together some covers and some like other like kind of like uh like uh, Brian had a song that he'd kind of already wrote on guitar that we kind of just like added stuff to and and we played how that. Was, so how was your experience compared to like uh, you know doing comedy? Um, I texted uh, I texted John and Braden this too. I was like, uh, man. Um, the reaction like isn't as uh the responses aren't as like immediate as like Mm -hmm. comedy where it's like you say something then they kind of tell that you let you know if it was good or not like you kind of like play like the song and you get through the song and then there people are like 
you know, like clap and like, yeah, the, the whole time you're playing the song, it's like, you're kind of like, you can, like, you see people kind of, some people, you know, kind of doing, but you're not, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not like as much of a focus or not as much of a thing that you're trying. Like, I, I don't know. I felt myself like kind of, um, just almost being like, are we, are we doing okay? Mm-hmm. Like in yeah. the middle of it. Um, yeah, it's so weird because it's um um and it's so different too because it depends on the type of music you're playing and also obviously if people know your music is a big mm-hmm. one. And so like, you know, you obviously you guys are a new band, no one's ever people haven't heard you play. So it's it's like they're just reacting in real time. Or mm-hmm. if it's like if it's like you and I going and seeing like Blink 182 or something like that, you know. Um, also being able to like play a cover song of a band and then people rec- and they're like and then they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they, they oh, get excited. They get yeah. excited because they recognize that. That's kind know. of a fun, uh, a fun thing. Like we played, somebody was coming up, and we started. We one of the intros we had for the comedians is uh, "Reptilia" by The Strokes. Oh, classic! And yeah. uh, like yeah. this one dude in the audience was like, "Fuck, I love The Strokes, dude." Yeah, The Strokes are great. That's I think that's a good that's a good lane to be in. That's for sure. It's also it's interesting too because you know somebody played a lot of like classical music, where it's like you're it's generally frowned upon to have a response until afterwards, right? Like. Like you're not allowed to like sit there and be like, fuck yeah, you know, in between movements of like Beethoven mm-hmm. nine or something like that. Um, even though you might want to. And so it's, um, that was always interesting too. Cause sometimes you wouldn't know, you, you know, you play like a 45 minute symphony and you just wouldn't know. Uh, and like, but like, and then luckily it's generally with really good symphonies. The final movement, you know, is always fucking awesome. And so you just have to like really, really crush the final of like it's and it's so I think it's applicable too to like when you're playing pop music, you know, it's like you mm-hmm. can kind of you can kind of get pretty loose with it. But if you come around on the chorus and you really crush the chorus, it's generally most people are, are going to give you a pretty big, big pass, especially if they're consuming alcohol, you know. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was just uh, it was really cool just to because, um, you know, just playing and you've just playing in my room playing with uh to stuff on youtube and stuff just to get into to do it at least once you know for the first time at least uh was cool we're trying to you know uh brian has a friend that we might be able to put together like an actual like uh set where there's some other bands there too and we just like go play in between them uh we're trying to put that together but <coughs> really it's it was just fun to not be in the practice in the studio the place where we practice like oh dude it's ourselves. so much more fun to play live that's for sure i remember that was just like such it was such a relief um yeah and it was always so fun too when we'd get to i think that was why i preferred to play in orchestra and play classical music and percussion ensemble and stuff like that over playing in a band and playing drum set was just I, I enjoyed the process of working on like a larger piece over time that I was like, well, you know, that ch- that had a lot of variation to it. And then yeah. getting an opportunity to perform that multiple times was always, was always really awesome, you know? So, well, I um, remember watching you guys and seeing like some of that stuff. You're like, like some of you guys that were playing in the, like the percussion 
parts of it. Some of you guys are doing like multiple things. Mm-hmm. And so you would, you know, for one part of the thing, you're counting and you're, you know, doing this thing on this other instrument and then you're going down and then picking up another instrument mm-hmm. and having to play. And it's like, in my head, when you when you don't when you don't like play anything or haven't tried to play with people in time at all, you're sitting there and you're like, that, that's cool, but it doesn't look like. Well, then when you like uh, even kind of just try to do that and you try to all come in on the same thing <laughs> and try to sound good too, you're like, holy shit, that that dude was playing one instrument sound like making it sound exactly how it needs to sound at the exact time putting it down, going over, picking up another thing, totally different thing, has to t- account for all these other things, dude. and also counting. Yes. Like, dude, insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, insane. Was, yeah, I mean, that's the, in a lot of those, I mean, there would be a lot of, like, orchestra and symphony play- pieces, too, where, you know, I'm playing up, you know, six instruments, seven instruments, and you get, like, maybe two to three counts sometimes to change instruments, and I think a lot of the times with like what people don't understand, I think that what the real challenge about with percussion at least is that you're the you're the only voice of that sound. So, you know, yes, it's yes, it's only crash cymbals and there's not a lot of like pitches to that. But you 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 certainly know when the crash cymbals come in at the wrong time or if they're like too loud and they're out of balance, you know. Yeah. Um, same thing with like a triangle or a xylophone, you know, or like all sorts of instruments. And so, um, yeah, I think that was, I thought, and that was always so much fun to think about was, and practice was the strategy of how to get to, that was a whole part of percussion as an instrument was not only understanding all the different techniques of like playing a triangle or even a ratchet or something like that, Just but then like, it up. how, where, how do you like organize everything so you can you know, shorten the amount of time to get from one instrument to a different, to another. And it changes. There's not like a standard setup. Okay. If like, here's where each instrument goes, it changes depending on like what piece you're playing and how quickly you might have to get from one instrument to another. Um, and so anyway, yeah, I could go on and on, but it's awesome to see you performing live. And, and I love, and I think it's, I think it's going to be a really cool, I think it'll help too with your, um, uh, comedy as well right it's just like more reps of performing and getting that type of anxiety and having that type of pressure and then kind of going through it um and yeah i think i think it's really awesome that you're doing that hell yeah man uh thank you uh i wanted to what's been up with you dude let's fucking oh dude dude so i mean you know i mean just working a ton as always um really excited got some more just got some new, more new genetics coming in to the uh, business as well as another la- another addition from node landed into Arkansas. So fall is going to be a really fun time uh, and, and really just kind of there on go forward. So um, got a lot going on there and Missouri's just like going absolutely gangbusters. Um, I've read like two or three articles over the last week about there being going to be a shortage essentially in the next probably 30 to 60 days there. Um, and I'm trying to grow as much weed as possible, dude, I promise you, you know, but there's just only so much weed I can grow. It's really been, it's been, um, because there's just so many states around Missouri that don't have medical or rec programs, um, you know, in the Midwest side. And so there's just been a lot of people driving over 
into the state to go buy pot for the first time um, or, you know, who have been wanting to. So, you know, that stuff's been really interesting. But I think uh, kind of one of the more hilarious things I wanted to tell you about was uh, we went to a local state park. Uh, I'm not going to name the name because I don't want to, like, anger anyone, but anybody who's from here will be able to figure this out. We went to this mountain state park. It was one of the more disaster scenarios I've been to at a state park in a long time for a few reasons so first off <laughs> first off was, dude so so on friday i'm at work wrapping up at the office it's like 5 30 or 6 and okay. it's, it's been stormy all day and it starts getting really really bad and i'm like getting ready to pack up my office and i get one of those alarms on the phone you know that's warning you about poor weather and it's a tornado alarm and it says tornado in your oh, area. Oh yeah, there's been tornadoes over there. So so we've gotten I've gotten those like a couple times, but I haven't had to Damn. worry. What what really escalated my concern was that there's actual like air raid sirens in the whole city of Little Rock, and we hear them oh, practice. So yeah, we hear them practice on Wednesdays uh, during uh, at noon. But then that I got my alarm on my phone, and then the fucking air raid siren started going off. And mind you, I'm like the 15th floor of like a skyscraper. Dude. <laughs> and Dude. I'm like, and I'm, my phone's telling me to like seek shelter, and if I'm in a tall place, <laughs> I get to the lowest, most secure area, and then the air raid sirens start going off, and I'm like, wow, I really just don't go think. Just for the stairs? Um, no, I just was like, well, I'm not going to drive home, but I definitely am not like changing anything i literally just like finished emailing you know and it was just like torrential downpour <laughs> like it was just like i was like well i guess i'm probably be fine like it probably won't get sucked out of the side of this building so but of course like a week ago Serena bro imagine you just look out and it's just it just starts forming <laughs> oh god dude well, yeah if i was too, you bro dude. like i'm not you just sat there i would have been like oh fuck i would have like made it to the Made it to the ground level. Oh, dude. Well, of course, my the, my boss is the homie. He came by, and he's, like, getting ready to leave. And then comes and sees out sees outside of my window, and I'm, like, showing him the alarms. And then uh, the air sirens went off and, uh, yeah, ended up waiting, this, waiting the storm out. <clears throat> and then driving back. So, so before all of this, right, so we planned to go to the state park uh, with Nappy. We had it all planned on Saturday. You know, like, mm-hmm. kind of planned our day around it. So, you know, we go out to the state park. By the way, it's, like, beautiful yesterday. The sun's out, but it was just a storm, like, six or seven hours before the sun came out. Jeez. We have no idea what state the, like, the park is going to be in. So we go there. turns out this is, like, one of the busiest fucking state parks in this area. And they have extremely limited parking. We somehow get really lucky and find a spot after, like, basically circling the park for probably half an hour, 45 minutes we were mm-hmm. determined to go on this walk and so we finally find a place and then by the way dude the whole time like we we just pull into our parking spot and then while we're getting ready to get out of the car at least like 16 to 18 cars circled circled us in this area like i can't tell you like it was chaos it was chaos there were people everywhere like it was like it's this concept of state park was just like such uh it was it was it was insane. And so we finally get to the trailhead to go up to try and at least to start the trail. And it's like these granite rock stairs and a literal like river that's coming down them from the drain water coming off of the hill from the night before. 
And yeah. so, so we're like, okay, I guess we'll try to take it up. And then, you know, Navi's all white. We don't make it like 30 or 40 feet up this before like Nappy's exhausted. He's like slipping around on these like waterfall stairs that are going down. There's like people and children slipping in the mud everywhere. Like it, there's just puddles and rocks. Like you can't see. <laughs> like people, we keep watching people try to come up with their dogs, and it's just like fucking. People keep like sliding down places. And, like there's kids in just like straight up Crocs, and they don't even have like their little, the little like the little hook on the back. You know, the little clasp on the back pull. It's just on the front, and so they're like. Oh, they're not they're, even in sport. Mode, they're not dude. even they're in sport mode, dude. So these kids are in, these kids are in two two wheel drive, just like slipping down the hill and losing their croc. Like, oh my god, dude! And so we we had to we turn around and up finding just like a normal path. And so we find this whole other trail, and we're like, okay, sweet, like let's go check this one out. We make it like forty feet around the turn, and then it's just like you can see where the other part of the trail is, but it's literally there's like sixty feet of water. 60 feet of like a lake that's just covering where the actual trail would go so then we just turn around we basically just did the loop in this busy ass parking lot where there was just a (laughs) railroad of cars going around looking for spots endlessly for like two hours so we were like this is fucking crazy and we left so uh, (laughs) it was such an insane experience Oh my god! Just so, just you know, uh, yeah, we're not thrilled. We're not. We're not gonna do that again. Too quickly. <sighs> Dude, and poor Nappy. He's just. He's just doing his best. No, dude, he was, he was, he was, once we got off of like the slippery waterfall stairs, this guy was having the time of his life, dude. He was running through the muck. He was covered. Mm. And it was so funny too, man, because like, you know, Nappy showed up all clean and white like he normally is. And then, you know, within a hundred feet of us getting out of our car, he started to just get soaked, just soaked, (laughs) just like he looked like a two tone like ford you know dude like, i wish i could have seen that it's awesome he was he was in sport mode that's for sure and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man that's uh he was loving yeah, he it was, he was full dude, dog. he was in four-wheel drive yeah, yeah he was in yeah. full dog yeah he was full dogging and um and then but we kept, we kept like noticing people like looking at him and like being like oh my god he got so dirty and i think them realizing they would like look at their dog and then look back at him and realize that like, wait a minute, like my dog's been on all of the same roads that this dog has been, and I think they just put two and two together that because their like dog is like fucking brown colored, they don't realize how it doesn't look as how actually the, and he is. so it's like they look at Nappy and they're like, wow, that dog is so dirty. Like I wonder what he's been doing, and it's like, <laughs> like no, you just. Let, your talk is this dirty too you just can't see so anyway. i used to yeah i used to feel that way in a as a line cook i'd wear a black shirt and then you wouldn't notice it till you went into the bathroom and you were washing your hands you'd look and like from like here to here was just like a different color oh you gross. Had like, so gross just, you're like ugh, yeah yeah dude disgusting dude so today's cannabis topics today's I, cannabis topics I believe this was, um, or no, let's start off with the articles 
first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you, dude, you found a really good one here, and then I found a couple more bro, to talk pretty about. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, it was on Cannabis Equipment News is where it first we first kind of first found it. came out March 23rd, so a few days ago from this recording. The Alcohol Industry Association backs federal cannabis legalization. And that, at first, that sounds kind of... First, it sounds kind of cool. You're like, whoa. Um, success of our alcohol regulatory system uh, offers a proven model for cannabis regulation. And then you go on to read on in the article to figure out it's the Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. They're the ones that are... The WSWA. Which, the... I didn't know who that was, so I looked that up and found out that yeah, they Yeah, who did we figure out that was? Yeah, I figured out they did the distribute over 70% of all wine and spirits sold at wholesale in the United States. So, so they pretty... so they own 70% of the wholesale market <laughs> in the U.S. Which and... is pretty, uh, pretty wild. Yeah, so they're we could say they're the largest wine and spirit as lobby far as like distributors go. Yeah, huge. yeah, yeah. One of them, one of the largest lobbies in the U.S. Therefore, the world because the U.S. does. Like drink if you a lot buy if you buy alcohol at a grocery store, I imagine it's coming from buying cases of beer. I imagine it's coming from these dudes. Seventy percent chance. Mm-hmm. I guess probably I, I'm sure they have like specific lanes that they own, you know, because yeah. I also know like Diageo and Southern Wine and Liquor, like they, they those guys are huge distributors too. Um, but it's certainly interesting um, to well, see. I guess it's wine and spirits. I guess it's not beer. It's more like it's oh, like, yeah, it's like alcohol and liquor. Wine. And, yeah, I think they kind of yeah. stay. They kind of own that that lane. Which, Which I still mean, that's like that's moving because that's like yeah, that's a lot. What is, did you, I mean, I am curious. So total sales of wine and spirits in U.S. annually. Let's see what that is. Yeah, I mean, year over year. Yeah, wow. Wow, take a guess at what the... uh, before okay yeah really interesting too with the pandemic in here um sorry about that a couple that was a weird technical little difficulty there yeah well we're right back in it here and one of the things i was trying to bring up here which i thought was interesting was i looked up total alcohol sales beverage sales i wanted to see if you had any guesstimations to it but um you know 247 billion dollars wow i thought you were gonna say a million dude billion no. yo 247 quarter trillion dollars in in revenue a year in in uh, uh just in wine and spirits <clears throat> so they have some sort of um they have they have a they have a say they have a in some influence no excuse me that's total alcohol that's total alcohol sales 247.3 billion so which i thought was i thought was interesting because i found another article that was talking about um which I thought was a good take on this. Um, the it, the the actual language of the supportive legislature that was submitted was talking about how the wine and liquor industry, and specifically the WSWA, could oversee a legal cannabis infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was just not something I wanted to get behind at all. Um, and 
I don't think I think if there's anything that can't, alcohol distribution could do well is to exactly that is distribute um, and they could manage like a, a national supply chain well and I think that would be I think it would be interesting for, and, and good for cannabis businesses to be able to work with them but um, I do think cannabis should have its own lobby should have its own uh, uh, federal representation um, and we should not we don't I don't think we need to let uh, uh, liquor and wine and that sort of business shape how cannabis is going to be done. I think there's a lot of similarities, but I think there's also enough differences for there to have quite a bit of delineation there. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I kind of, I agree with what you're saying. I think that, uh, you know, ultimately we've already kind of seen in some instances, people coming over from the alcohol industry, getting into cannabis uh, in like personal experiences and just kind of seeing that it kind of already, just at the small scale, it just just doesn't stay it like it. It's and what I'm trying to say is that like cannabis is just unique and it's not you can't treat it like uh, like everything else like people want to, and it does take like knowledge of it and how I think that in my mind it just seems like they would just come in and try to treat it just like beer and just like alcohol like, and it would be um, bad for the quality of the like the products and itself and just like the industry and the practices and the people that want to be a part of the culture and the industry and, and all that stuff. I just don't. I don't yeah. Cause I've just, it's, it's less, it's less in this part of the country as I've gotten to know it, but I do, I really do feel like on the coasts, you know, there's an active focus on health and drinking is not gen- generally a part of that. And cannabis is seen as like an alternative to drinking socially generally and you know especially in like a lot of the circles i think that you and i used to run with especially in california a lot of like a lot of the active pot users they don't drink and they they actively do not consume alcohol unless it's like a social event or something like that so um whereas like in i think in the midwest and in a lot of the South, there's like a pretty strong drinking culture where cannabis is then kind of a part of that, you know, not seen as like a differentiating factor. Um, but I do think that that is like among people who are highly invested in the culture, health, health consciousness is a really big component of cannabis use and why, you know, people generally, there's like, you know, I mean, how many people do we know who where you know they had alcohol abuse issues or some sort of drug abuse issues or something like that or um and so they're they're not allowed to use anything like that but they still use they still use cannabis recreationally or something like that Mm -hmm. so um yeah i definitely uh i definitely don't want (laughs) don't want to see see food i think the i think the fundamental difference is as well as it would make sense to me if if all of cannabis products were made via extraction, right? Mm -hmm. Which is essentially what alcohol is. It's all an extraction process. And so all of like the fundamental cultivation and harvest of hops, which is, or the grains that go into distillation or like the, the grapes and stuff like that, that go into wine, it's much less care and control that has to be that has to be built over that in order to get that high quality biomass and ultimately you're not like smoking hops or smoking grapes or anything like that mm-hmm. um, you know and so I, again it's like i think there's a lot of standardization that you can apply to the alcohol industry that you can't to cannabis uh, maybe in the future as like genetics get better 
and practices get better and more standardized, you'll be able to like, you know, create more consistency. But I think right now it's, it's, I think alcohol, I think a lot of people have tried to come in. There's been a lot of money and a lot of really smart people from a lot of industries who have tried to come in and solve the challenge of cannabis and they haven't been able to do it, you know, um, or if they have, they've done it piecemealed and it's been like one section that they figured out, but I don't think any one business has been able to come in and just throw money at the problem and figure and, and, and solve it. So anyway, um, yeah, I think this one's going to be interesting to, to figure out. I think we're going to have to stay close on this one. Um, yeah. And it, see how it develops. Yeah. Just, uh, <coughs> yeah, definitely interesting uh, article that came up that I wanted to uh, talk about and share with you. Also, we, uh, you know, we've been asking for the past few weeks for questions and topics from our Instagram followers on things to discuss the podcast that maybe they want to hear. And it's been cool to actually see people uh, participating and giving us feedback on that. It's uh, nice to see Seriously. those things popping up because yeah. it is interesting. We do take into account those questions. One of them that came across. Uh, that we saw that was pretty cool that we kind of wanted to talk about that we actually, uh, I think we can actually speak on um, a little bit is um, like tips and things to maybe consider or know uh, before entering the cannabis industry or like somebody that's a new person trying to get into the industry. Maybe they, uh, you know, are looking to make it more of a career for themselves. Things maybe they can like uh, kind of, uh, you know, take into the account when they're, um, when they're starting work, which is yeah. something that I feel like I kind of, I was <clears throat> like early on, um, you know, I had never worked at a, at a cultivation large scale, uh, before I started doing like trimming with Mikey in California. And it was like, uh, I kind of just like jump, like jumped into doing it, which is the good old days. Yeah. And, uh, that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up is, just being able to be like a flexible, adaptable person is something that I've heard mm -hmm. from so many different people in the in this industry that I've worked with, and like, uh, just being able to learn and pick up new things and kind of be like helpful, however you can, like and be knowledgeable about cannabis. Like I think that that's been like uh, something that's helpful. It's gonna continue to like. I don't think it's gonna go away. I think that like the more knowledge that can be shared and spread by everyone in the industry amongst each other. That's actually true knowledge and not just kind of like uh, bro science type stuff um, mm -hmm. is like really, uh, really useful and really helpful. Like, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. I think you touched on a few things there that are really important and I could go on and on about this. I think also I hate answering questions like this because I still feel like I don't have, enough figured out and I don't know enough. Um, and I, and I'm constantly learn, learning new things every week. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for a lot of, a lot of people, what I see is, and I think you under, you'll understand this a lot too. And, and we, we joke about this is there's definitely like a honeymoon cannabis honeymoon factor for new people coming in. I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion, especially when it comes to, um, entry-level work uh and in the cultivation sector you know a lot of it is going to be like trimming or plant work a lot of it's manual labor um and it's really easy to like think that you're going to be coming in and just kind of getting high all day and just kind of doing a job and collecting a good Which is an assumption that a lot of people uh make sometimes and it mm -hmm. is like something you kind of have to just take on the chin and be like yeah i'm not 
not sm- smoking at work. Like, there's no way. Like, there's no way I could. The, the amount of security that you know, there's no way you could do that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if you want to, like, and I think that's the thing too. It's like you're more than welcome to on your lunch breaks if it's not on if it's not on property. But I think what you'll realize pretty quickly is that there's a certain. It's a high level pace of uh, especially and working in any part of of uh, a, especially like a, a cannabis business that's doing well. Um, you know, there's there's a lot going on. It's busy every single day. I think it's also really easy for people to expect that these businesses have everything figured out. They largely don't. Also, if, if you're dealing with a business who's been around since like medical that's transitioning into rec, you're basically going into a whole different industry. I mean, it's all it's still selling cannabis, but mm-hmm. I mean, you remember what it was like in California in medical and then what it was like going through those first transitional years and implementing compliance testing and the different stages of that yeah. and like and the packaging changes over time and mm-hmm. like it's it's it really does become a whole different business. Even the past like year or so, just <clears> like the you know, every, everybody kind of having to really you know, get on board with a lot of the like packaging requirements and and having to you know not specify uh flavors like too vaguely with like names like and have the candy kind of appeal and stuff like that and that whole thing coming into play is yeah it's been it's been uh, interesting to yeah watch. I, f- I feel like so far we're saying you've got to be patient you've got to be flexible right um i think coachability is a huge thing that i look for um, you know, I, like I'm doing so many interviews right now. I've talked, I think I've talked about this the last few episodes. I think I've done over 80 now in the last two months. And, um, I think my acceptance rate is like under 4% now at this point, it's like 3.65%, 3.75%. And so, you know, at least for me, it's like, especially in the cultivation side of, of the business, like, and this goes for all of cannabis, you people, if you really want to like get a leg up, you have to specialize you have to find a niche like you did with compliance and trimming and post-processing and packaging and that and operations and that side of the business like i have with cultivation right you can make it extraction you can make it kitchen or edibles or something like that but you need to like if you really want to differentiate your skill set you have to become an expert in a certain part of the business and and i think what a lot of people miss about that is that there's so much even in every part of the business through the supply chain of cannabis there's there is other things that you can look for in other consumer packaged goods that you can learn from in cannabis it can be plant science and plant biology around differentiating fruits and flowers um you know in extraction it can be around hydrocarbon and solvent and solventless extraction mm-hmm. of other different types of products and materials, right? Um, and packaging, it can be, you know, standard CPG and supply chain and lean and 5S, right? And getting a green belt certification or something like that in lean and 5S, which is what all of the businesses are moving towards. Um, you know, I, and then I think after that, it's also, I, I think, especially too, if there's a lot of young people getting into cannabis, they might be cultivating at home and they really understand how to grow a plant, but they are young and they have had very limited leadership experience. And so going and, you know, getting opportunities to learn how to lead and taking leadership classes that are free online through like resources like Coursera, you know, um, and, and then also computer skills is a big one I see that is not good enough. I can't tell you how many guys I know who 
you know, can grow great pot, but they can't fill out an Excel sheet, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or they don't know how to build a Gantt chart and do project management. And so, um, you know, I think, I think those are, I think if there's like, if I could synthesize it down to five or six things, it would be, you really nailed the first one is like flexibility, coachability, um, you know, uh, trying to find a set part of the business that you really want to specialize in, um, you know, being, being a good team member and then learning how that can be lead into being a good leader, right? Uh, making sure that you have great computer skills and you know how to like compose emails well and be clear and concise. Yep. Um, but then I think also it's, 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 you have to have mastery over the uncoachables, which I talk a lot about, you know, which I think that's something that's why I, I've, they're literally the only friend I've ever hired. And the reason why, and I tell this story all the time is because like when we were in school, you know, you were such a grinder. And I remember we would get like absolutely hammered until like two in the morning, three in the morning. And then you would be at Carl's Jr. making fucking biscuits at like 5 a.m. You Dude, know? And they'd be, um, and they would be fired still. And so I just, I remember always, always believing in that process and understanding that I could teach you everything you needed to know about post-processing and harvesting and trimming. What I couldn't teach you to do is be punctual and how to lead Mm -hmm. and how to get people to do what they needed to do and believe in themselves. Right. And so, um, I think, I think that's a big one too, is, is, is. I, I, sometimes, sometimes I think people get caught up and they like want to have, they think they need to be experts in how photosynthesis works or something like that, where it's, you know, if you want to become a director of cultivation, you're going to need to understand in a deep way how photosynthesis works at some level. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to that role by only having that knowledge. You get to that role by being a good team member, you know, figuring out how to problem solve quickly and concisely um and and being a good person you know it's this is a lot of that stuff so anyway no, totally but, what do i know uh yeah i agree with you last saggy dude here we go dude ready for some two out of five head dude i am ready i'm excited all right let's uh what do you want to do which one do you want to do first uh, let's. Well, we started off with the two heads, so let's do a five head. Show me, show me, show me one of these five heads. Okay. So, which five head one do I have for? Uh, do you want to do space stakes or dude. Kanye? Dude, talk about these you snakes. Got a, you got a good shit one. Is fucking this shit fucked me right up because I was like, okay, so where are we at? Um, space snakes, dude. What am I about to see? Story Musgrave. So this guy. Franklin Story Musgrave. Is this guy related to Kate related to Casey? Astronaut, been to space. I think he's I think he went a few t- handful of times. Nineteen thirty five. Was this guy dead? But I found this thing where he claims to have seen alien snakes just floating in the atmosphere when he's going up there. And dude. Dr. Story Musgrave is a veteran of five American shuttle. Musgrave does not believe they are craft from... I've seen a a snake out there, six, seven, eight feet long. It is rubbery because it has internal waves in it, and it follows you for a rather long period of time. The more you fly in space, the more you see an incredible amount of things out there. 
And that sort of brings to you a, really a certainty that, uh, that other living creatures are out there. Dude, do you see that thing? Some just just proteins coming together, amino acids, and some just single-celled organisms. Bro. Civilizations have been around for a million years. But you got to think, like, if there's, like, you know, there's, like, weird fish, like, in the deep, right? Like, super deep. They're, like, translucent. Dude, They're just, like, in the I don't know about this. Deep. Bro. I think, I think, I think, I, I think. I was Casey like, Musgrave's dad is taking us one, taking us for a ride here. Um, I mean that's wild, but, yeah. I, but it just doesn't. Space I, that, snakes, again, dude. that goes against what we know about the physics of space. Like, how could something like that live out there? Is it still it's an alien, alien snake with an alien body that has like it doesn't need oxygen? What is it? What like? I'm not sure, man. Uh, I just. I thought the uh, the concept it's of terrifying. watch the video. It's, this is why I'm pushing like back thinking, so hard right now. Because I don't like, wanna, imagine I don't being think in, about it. I don't want to accept it at all. <laughs> you don't want to yeah. accept it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just being okay. honest with you. Uh, but that was one of my five head. Should I show you my my other one? Will be real quick because it's kind of just a. It's more of a current event thing, but this is like probably one of the more five head things that we've seen, in terms of like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, show me this. Show me. Show me what's going on here. Resolves something, I guess. So you obviously know what's been uh-huh. happening with Kanye West. I think everybody has. Uh, it was pretty wild to. See, he's been quiet for a while, I think. I haven't really seen anything in the news or on social media regarding him uh, until yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I woke up and saw this and um, was like, I don't really I'm know. I'm reading to, this, yeah. Do you, are you reading it? I uh, This guy's This insane. is a real tweet. This is absolutely insane. For, so just for the people who are listening, this, this post from Kanye says, Watching Jonah Hill and 21 Drum Street made me like <laughs> Jewish people again. No one should take anger against one or two individuals and transform that into hatred towards millions of innocent people. No Christian can be labeled mm-hmm. anti-Semite knowing Jesus is Jew. Thank you, Jonah Hill. I love you. I love how that rhymed, uh, those last two lines. I guess he is a Thank rapper. You. So, uh, dude, yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, dude, that yeah. is so wild. But here, uh, Hold on, here, because here's okay, okay. Here's where oh, yeah, I, my head gotta, went. Yeah. Okay, jo- Jonah Hill. If Jonah Hill's the answer mm-hmm. to anti-Semitism, mm-hmm. this is what Kanye. This is what Kanye is saying. What? What? Okay, now if we could send him back in time, or if we could send a video or a movie with Jonah in it for Hitler to watch. It seems like maybe this, maybe we don't know for sure, but if so, you want to send Twenty One Jump Street with if, with Jonah if, if Hill it's back for to Kanye, to see if it would stop World War Two from happening. Like, what version do you think? Like, what what movie? Because like it's Twenty One Jump Street for Kanye West, but what movie do you think it is for Hitler? I think it's like. I, I kind of want to say that it's forty year old virgin where he has like the goldfish boots oh and he's God. trying to buy. I li- the I have I have eBay absolutely store. no idea. Just, I can't. Um. <laughs> Just because I want I want to I think it'd be funny. Like I feel like Hitler was pretty adamant. Hitler's yeah. like I feel like. 
What if he's just 180s and he's just wearing the goldfish boots and he's like dancing? I would love to know some more details about or what, what if he watches uh, what like about super bad Jonah Hill's like... acting or his situation or, or about the movie made Kanye change his mind. Like it's really interesting. <laughs> he does. It's just a that's it's really a wild. wild. All right, show me this Ted Nugent video. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's what I got for you. For mm-hmm. or you want to see? Oh no, okay, let's do my five head thing because that's. That's two. Are we switching um, to two head now, or do you want to do your five head thing? This is okay. this is so, uh, not a video, but this is. Ju- yeah, yeah, yeah. This the is Beethoven, Beethoven thing, so, thing, right? So okay, uh, apparently, right this was a thing back in the day when people were just fucking insane and they had a lifespan of like thirty-two years old. Um, because uh, you know, like during the turn, like nineteenth century, eighteenth century, the concept of DNA was starting to be discovered. But they didn't have, you know, the tools or means mm-hmm. to actually be able to process anything. But people would like, you know, who knew about it or were learned would essentially leave just a bunch of their like parts of their body around like hair and stuff like that. So they could you could test their DNA later. So we've done this to we've done this to, to Beethoven, who obviously went deaf, which was really annoying to him. And he left a bunch of his like hair and nails and all this sort of stuff around so that people could test his DNA. Cause he really wanted to know why he was, why he was deaf. Um, it turns out that they can't figure that out quite yet, but they did figure out that he had a very like serious longstanding hep C infection as well as like, <laughs> um, went through, it's like, uh, he, had, he, like had, IBS. He, had, he had IBS, he had hep C. And I mean, he also had hepatitis B as well. Um, you know, the poor guy was just kind of going through it. And then the other thing, too, which I thought was really interesting here was that they uh, were able to trace his ancestry. And there's a determination that Beethoven might be a bastard child. Um, and that speaks to part of the reason why he was, you know, never kind of brought into the family that he was technically a part of was that I guess he was uh, an unwanted son, uh, which is pretty interesting here. So obviously, you know, me and my, uh, you know, we were just talking about some music earlier this episode. So I thought this was, this was, you know, fairly applicable, but I just thought it was insane because, you know, first off, like people would leave a bunch of their hair. He left this with the intent of having his DNA tested. You know, this guy died like 250 years ago, right? And then now it's happening. Uh, Dude. And we're like, yeah. you know, uncovering a bunch of, you know, different information about him. And so, you know, you just never know. So I guess, you know, this also poses my questions to you. Like, what part of your body are you leaving apart for, uh, you know, DNA testing? Um, You're going to leave some of your hair? I don't you know. You sure fucking have enough uh, of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah dude, I think I'd probably leave you like, uh, well, I mean, you're going to, you guys are, you're going to take my skin. You already know that. I'm uh, gonna take my skin and frame that, and that should probably be enough. Kind of want to leave a fart, a fart That's dude. Disgusting. You're an animal. Yeah, I kind of want a jar of fart, dude. Just, just to be sick, you know, like just have a fart You're jar an and like, just. That's disgusting. How long does that last for? There's no way that lasts for a long time. I mean, that's not DNA. That's just a fart. There's gotta be a way. You can't do anything with that. With Bro, your there's farts, definitely there's something in there. Something in there. <laughs> Let's see, this is pretty cool though. I was I was like reading through this um, before we recorded, and I was like, whoa! Oh, heavy drinker. I mean, everyone drank back then. Water wasn't very good. 
So everyone is just ripping. It's just everyone is just ripping just beers, ripping mead all the time. Just like three and a half percent, like honey grain water. It's disgusting. All right, should we? Should we? Let's, uh, yeah, should let's we wrap it up. Let's heads. wrap it up. I, I, yeah, let's let's do the Ted Nugent one. We'll we'll end it with that. You still gotta watch your. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I actually want to play that on on. Okay. We'll okay. See. We'll, we'll see. Try it. Let, this. Let me see. Okay, so there was a Trump rally in Waco where it was Ted Nugent, Mike Lindell, and Marjorie Taylor Greene all just. It's just. It's you know it's just it's fucking it is mm-hmm. what it is you know but here's what uh here's what Ted Nugent had to say. I want my money back. I didn't authorize any money to Ukraine to some homosexual weight weirdo. So that's what he says about Zelensky, um, which is just a pretty insane thing to say at a rally. Uh, and then listen to this guy. Who's this? So this guy, Ed Henry. This is Real America's Voice or whatever. The Can you fuck. turn it down a little? I don't know what channel this. Yeah. There you go. Um, and so this is like after he said that. This is what this guy says about that. Exactly. Uh, his remarks, amazing, about Zelensky and I want my money back. He is channeling what a lot of Americans feel, not just at the rallies, but I suspect some of the real Americans we'll talk to in a minute. And people at home who are streaming this the live real Americans. are undoubtedly cheering along with Ted Nugent. And when he- Dude, so insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting next couple of years, man. Um, and just like that, like, weirdo uh, blonde woman, just... <laughs> just there yeah and then this is also get a, this check this out this is uh listen to this dude this is this is him playing the national anthem this is the beginning <laughs> this is a wild couple of videos to watch trump or death yeah, dude. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, so. It's gonna be interesting. Um, um, yeah, yeah, but. yeah. I mean, the um, it's also it's also crazy too because it's there's just such a dichotomy between people who are receive what type of media they receive and where they receive it. And um, it's like I haven't watched and I haven't watched news on a television and just do not consume news that way. It's just not the way i watch it and the more the, like the more distance and time that i spend away from that when i do go back and i see just like what the messaging is on a 24-hour news cycle it's really uh it's really confusing to me i'm not sure like how to uh process what isn't isn't truth on that sort of stuff so anyway yeah it's it's weird it's hard to watch it really is i just it it was just the shit was the him saying that was so it really crazy. Was. Was yeah, like, it really, really is insane. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, so, um, I, you should watch this one with me, but then we should decide together whether or not it goes in the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can show it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can show it. I don't think I can repost it. Even though it's blurred. Probably can. But it's totally fucked. That's so funny. 
Wow. That's a good song, too. It's a really good one. Yeah, you're really starting to get out there these days with videos, dude. What are you watching? <laughs> Your algorithm really is getting out there, dude. You really are getting into some weird shit. Dude, I'll give it up to you, man. I'm definitely, this is not what I'm seeing on my feed. <laughs> I'm not seeing anything like this. <laughs> oh, that was fucking funny. Dude. Whoo. Um, this episode's coming out. I Got will be having a show on the seventh in San Jose. I'll post about it on then. I also will have a show the thirteenth at Woodhouse. The 29th uh, will be the next Bricks and Beer in Salinas. Um, uh, the thirtieth, I'm hosting at the Crow's Nest. The I think I have a bunch, some other stuff happening too that I can't think of right now. Um, I know I'm on some stuff this month. Though, pretty oh, the 26th I'm doing the comedy competition. Comedy comp, huh? Rooster Tea Feathers. Yeah, excited about that. So what do you win? You know, um, well, if I get in the top three, I get to go to the next round, and then I think if you win, you get like a job at the. Oh, that's sweet. And you just get like, yeah. So you get to work like as a host. That the one of the that's weekends. cool. Uh, yeah, and so that'd be cool. And you win some cash too, I think. So, uh, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be cool. Um, you know, everybody, a lot of people are competing. A lot of, pretty much everybody, uh, in the Bay Area, I think most people awesome. are. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Seriously, fun. Also, also a pleasure recording with you as well. That uh, was fun. Good times. Yeah, man. Great episode. And uh, we. Yeah, fucking follow us on follow us on Two Dabs yes. Pod, Spotify, um, Apple Music, Instagram. Click the link in the bio. There's yeah, a bunch of different places. Please support us. Uh, got a YouTube channel. I'm putting YouTube clips up. Also, uh, yeah.